And welcome back to Music Free Static. I hope you're having a fabulous day today. It is a wonderful day, and I'm all excited to get be talking about Ahsoka some more. Uh, talking about Episode 7, Dreams and Madness, today. And I, there's one episode left as I record this, and as when this goes out, that last episode will be out too. So we will know all of the real answers to the questions I'm going to be asking today. <laughs> but that's fine. That's it's great. I just want to talk about Ahsoka and Hera and Ezra and all the other cool people. Let's let's dive into some of the fun stuff here we got going on. First, let's talk about Hera. It's a little bit more of a follow-up on Hera's storyline as basically she got arrested. <laughs> Right, Ahsoka, Sabine, everybody, they zipped off to a galaxy far, far away. And Ahsoka and company ended up going back with the New Republic fleet. And Hera is now having to deal with the consequences of disobeying the disobeying orders. Now, <laughs> those orders came in part from Senator Zorano, or as I like to think of him as Senator Jerkface, the dude is just obnoxious, and um, I, I had a little bit of problem with the in the hearing, saying like, because we're talking so again, we're talking full spoilers with all of this stuff. But Serrano challenges Hera on her report. Says, "Oh, there's space whales. This is just all silly fantasy." It's like was. Uh, you know, I can understand the question, were there actually dark Jedi? There were no other records aside from Hera's testimony and Ahsoka's testimony, which apparently doesn't, didn't get included, didn't count, I don't know. Um, the Purgle, which, by the way, why did they stop calling them Purgle? Everyone refers to them as space whales. Purgle have been a thing that have been known about for years. Hera talked about them in uh, in Rebels as being a threat to shipping. I mean, this, these are a well-known bit of uh, galactic fauna. <sighs> okay, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> and, and the, the fleet got to see them. They almost got ran over by them. Uh, I think some of that testimony would have been included. Of course... I've seen the political process. It's fairly common for uh, politicians to ignore facts that they don't care about so, or that invalidate their case. So that could very well just be one of those cases. You know? But the other thing that bugged me about this hearing was that Zorano was the only one who really spoke, and he just was attack, attack, attack. Nobody else on that panel spoke to defend Hera uh, you know, Chancellor Mothma was, a, was at least friendly to her. She didn't ask um, anything about that would help um, that would help Hera. Admiral Akbar is sitting there on that panel. He was silent. It wasn't until C three PO shows up and says, "Oh yeah, Leia Organa, who is the head of the." New Republic Defense Forces uh, fully sanctioned this mission and was not aware that 
Zorano had held a vote against it without her. It's like, okay, yeah, there's some fun political infighting here. But it was fun. The C-3PO inclusion was a nice way of including Leia without having to show Leia. Right? Because obviously Carrie Fisher's dead. Even were she alive, just like Mark Hamill, uh, she'd have been too old to play Leia at this time. Right? Because this is five, ten years, something like that, after Return of the Jedi. And they would she would be a lot younger than she was and <laughs> what she showed up as. And they could do de-aging, they could do other things. They could recast. Right, if they wanted to cast Billy Lord, who is uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, right? If they wanted to cast her as Leia or anybody else, for that matter, as Leia, they could have. Um, it's the role is not no role is sacred, right? I can understand the reluctance to recast it, but if it was that important to the story, they could have done it. It wasn't that important. Having C three PO show up and bring in uh, all of the information that said, oh yeah, Leia's fine, fine with this. Okay, that was that was good. And I think it brought some, uh, some nice connections, which fully, I fully expected, right? Because, yeah, we had these communications earlier in the series with, between Hera and Mothma, or between Hera and um, her aide, actually, who said, yeah, Leia's going to buy you time, but there's only so much she can do, right? So the important aspect of this, though, is that Hera and Mothma are talking about Thrawn probably returning. You know, Mothma's like, how likely is this? And Hera's like, we should be preparing for it. Let's hope we don't have to, but we should be preparing for it. So I, the Re New Republic is not going to get caught flat-footed when Thrawn inevitably ends up back in the galaxy far, far away. Or back from the galaxy far, far away into the other galaxy far, far... It's all very far away and confusing, but Thrawn's going to end up back in the main Star Wars galaxy. It's almost inevitable. So we shall uh, see where that goes. But that, of course, is not the only storyline. That's not even the main storyline. We've got Ahsoka. Now, it, the sh she's actually, she's been in it surprisingly little the last couple of episodes. Well, at least the last episode. <laughs> uh, this one, she's, it starts with her working through one of the Jedi forms. And I got to tell you, that form looked really, really wrong. <laughs> I'm I'm not a master of of sword fighting in any way shape or form but reverse grip on swords just doesn't work in general and whatever she was doing those forms looked really weak if you were to actually get have to use them to defend yourself but somebody who has more knowledge of uh martial arts than I do probably saw them as okay. So, whatever. But, while she's working through the forms, she's listening to 
a recording of that Anakin had made for her when she was still, well, he was still alive, and <laughs> while they were still uh, together. And Ahsoka says he'd made 20 or more of these videos, these recordings to help her when he wasn't there to actually train her. And you see, like, um, Hu Yang, when he finds out about these, he says, as well, I never knew. So, because, yeah, he was a good master. He, he, Anakin's flaw was not that he didn't care for people. Anakin's flaw was that he cared for people too much, right? And he he cared very much about Ahsoka, about keeping her alive in the face of General Grievous and um, uh, 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 all of the other bad guys that they had to deal with, right? Count Dooku and Asajj Ventress and, you know, because they ran into a, a number of people that weren't droids and they were dangerous, and so he was teaching her how to deal with other people with lightsabers. Which, given that she ends up fighting Balin's skull, you know, kind of makes sense, right? And that fight, she ends up... She does better. She uses both lightsabers instead of one. She's been using two lightsabers for a long time. I don't know why she, that fight on the cliff face a couple of episodes ago, she only used the one lightsaber. But she's there with both of them. And he's better than her, straight up. And it's like, you can't beat me. It's just, I don't have to. She just needs to get by him. And she eventually does. It was interesting, though, watching that fight, or more to the point, the end of the fight. Skull didn't want to fight her in the first place. You can kind of see that. But it's, it's going to happen. There's nothing that can can stop that. But when she escapes, he's almost relieved, it looks like, that he didn't have to kill her. See, the more I've seen of Skull, the more I realize that he, he really has kept a lot of his Jedi principles. Not all of them, obviously. He's thrown out a lot of them in his own search for power. And he's certainly trained Hati to be um, ambitious and power-hungry and not in good ways. Okay. In fact, you know, he talks to her at one point. You know, he says, yep, our destinies are going to take us along different paths. And encourages her to go take her place in, in the new empire. So, yeah, it, it it's, there's something, he he's sort of on this religious quest, I think, and we'll, we'll see how it ends, I hope, next episode, because it's going to be awkward to try to resolve it in a second season if one happens, because the actor died. Yeah, I mean, they could recast Skull, they could do other things, but I'm hoping they won't have to, right? I'm hoping that Skull, Skull's arc is resolved nicely within all of this. Now, Hadi, she's she is your typical 
power-hungry, ambitious kid in some ways. In a lot of ways, she's, I almost want to say she's naive, but she's so convinced that she's right that at one point when Ahsoka says that she could help her, that Ahsoka could help Hati, Hati gives this look like, I don't need help. Why are you even asking or offering that? And then takes off running and flees with the night troopers. So, Hadi's going to be an interesting character too, I think, going forward. It'd be fun to see where she ends up. I'm actually, I'm kind of wondering if Hadi is going to play sort of the um, sort of the role of Dang, I'm blanking on her name. She was the sort of the 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 hand of the emperor, the dark uh, dark Jedi, <laughs> basically that that tried to assassinate Luke, and then eventually they get married. Um, and I, man, I'm blanking on her name, which is annoying because she was one of my favorite characters out of Legends. But I'm not sure Filoni's going to take that route with with Hati, so. We'll, we'll see as she goes and uh, the, the story progresses. The other fun, well, there are lots of fun things, but it was really fun, too, seeing why Thrawn was so feared as a, as a tactician. Obviously, we, we get that a lot of that in words in, from the, the legend stories and some of the new canon Thrawn stuff as well which I haven't read. I read the Legend stuff years ago. I haven't read any of the new Thrawn books. But you can see even just in this episode, okay, if Ahsoka shows up with one of these whales, blow them to heck and back, okay? Destroy them with extreme prejudice. Okay, cool. And the dude kept a lot of uh, mines on his ship. But... uh, when Ahsoka flees the mine, she's being tra- chased by fighters and hides in the dust cloud, the rings of this planet that are the bones of Purgles. Thrawn calls off the attacks. Okay, so she's good at hiding. I need to know everything about her. And he finds out that she was the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker. And Thrawn says, okay, she is going to be unconventional. (laughs) She's going to be um, aggressive and she's going to come at us in weird ways. So what we're going to do is put her on the path that she thinks she wants, but it's one that we want her to be on. Basically, he's going to force her to make the choice that he wants her to make. So while she's while she's hiding, you know, he gets the Night Sisters to find her using their dark night night sisterly force magic things. And once he finds her, of course, starts shooting at her and sends the fighters after her. His his plan, he wants Ahsoka to find her allies. 
And when she does reunite with them later, Morgan Elsbeth challenges Thrawn on this. How is this a victory? All I see is our, our enemies united. Let me show you what I see. And he shows, we're loading up our cargo. They were like 81%, I think the graphic showed. This will be loaded. We'll be done loading all of this stuff very soon. I want Ahsoka and her friends far away from us. So his plan is to push them far away and to a point where they can't get back to him in time. He doesn't have to win by force of arms. He just has to keep them sidelined long enough for them to leave. And at that point, yeah, I don't care if they're dead. I don't care if they're exiled. They just need to not be here. And so I think we've got a lot of that coming. Obviously, um, the, the, the heroes are not going to just sit around and, and accept that. But you can see Thrawn is, is using his ability, ability to keep his actual goals in mind. His goals are not to kill Ahsoka or Ezra or Sabine. His goals are just to leave with the Sister cargo. So that's the goal, right? So many, so many shows, so many movies, you see the villain, they have their main goal try to take over the world or whatever it is they got going on. Um, you know, the tri-state area is going to be conquered by Doofenshmirtz, something, who knows. But the reality is, it's the way that a lot of these shows work is the villain allows themselves to get distracted from their main goal by fighting the good guys. And Thrawn is not letting that distraction be a distraction, I guess. <laughs> I, I, I could have phrased that better, but he's not letting them be a distraction. Said he's he's using the using his soldiers, using his ships, his firepower to force them in a direction that makes things easier for him. And then when he's got them where he wants them to be, not necessarily dead or anything, just they're out of the way. We can delay them more if we need to, but there's nothing more we can do at the moment. These are acceptable losses, especially because Balin did not join the fight. What's up with that, right? And we'll pull back. Time is not on their side. We're almost done. This is the priority, not them, right? And that's where you see sort of the difference. Elsbeth became focused on killing the good guys. Thrawn's focus has remained on we are leaving. This is the goal. We are leaving. <laughs> we are taking our night sister mothers. We are taking their cargo and we are gone. That's the goal. So yeah, you, you can see that that uh, feared those feared uh, strategies, the feared um, tactician that Thrawn is through some of his actions here, which is great. Now, some of those heroes, Ezra and Sabine, 
get to have a little bit more of a friendly chat. And Sabine is still avoiding that really hard conversation that she and Ezra need to have. Right? She is still happy just to have made a connection with the one person who's one member of her family, her found family, since her actual family is now dead, apparently. Uh, she, she's reconnecting with the one person that she had any real connection with. And I understand the, her problems. That if she tells him exactly what happened, I teamed up with Thrawn or the people looking for Thrawn to get here. And because we got here, Thrawn is going back and will threaten the, our galaxy. That's going to be a hard conversation to have with Ezra. <laughs> and because the other side of that is Thrawn's not going to just give us a lift back to our own galaxy. And, you know, Ezra's really excited to get home. So, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a hard conversation to have when it finally happens. But Ahsoka's here and doesn't have those reservations that Sabine has. Ahsoka will, will tell Ezra straight up, oh, yeah, Thrawn's here. I don't know how we're going to get back, but whether we ride more whales or what, but at least they've got another ship. So we got we got that going. But there are a couple of really interesting things that came out of their conversation. I really want, I want to focus on, because I thought it was interesting, is Sabine is sort of recapping the last several, nine years or whatever of, of time since Ezra disappeared at the end of Rebels. The Empire's gone. Palpatine is probably dead. Um... And the Empire was defeated at the Battle of Endor. Okay, yes, that, that's true. The Empire was defeated at the Battle of Endor. But the Empire surrendered in canon. This is a canon thing. Now, it's in the books, not anything else, but that's still officially part of Star Wars canon, that the actual ends of the Empire was at the Battle of Jakku a few years later. Now, Sabine may not know that, <laughs> okay? Um, she's been living on Lothal ever since uh, Rebels. Well, I say that. She's actually been, she spent time training with uh, Ahsoka. So she may know more of what's happening in galactic geopolitics than she had. But the fact that they had the Battle of Endor listed as the end of her view of the end of the Empire, not the Battle of Jakku, is interesting. Now, again, Sabine could just not could be mistaken; just doesn't know. But you know, that's uh, that could be fun. It's also possible that the Battle of Jakku hasn't happened yet. I don't think that would be the case, but. Because that would shift this whole series a lot earlier in the timeline. Because according to canon, um, I think the Battle of Jakku was three or four years after the Battle of Endor. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> but it was fair. It was it was years after Endor, but not many years after Endor. And it was after the Battle of Jakku when. Uh, 
what was left of the Imperial Navy headed out to the unknown regions. You know, and you watched as part of the Empire or the Emperor's um, contingency plans were coming into place. You've got, um, oh man, I am blanking on names this morning. This is why I shouldn't record these at six o'clock in the morning. But everybody, the Empire warped out, and that left the one, <laughs> the one bureaucrat or something to actually officially sign the Imperial Surrender. So, that's going to be interesting. I don't know if it's going to make any difference or not, but it was really interesting for me um, look at sometimes what's canon and what's not, and Filoni has not been afraid to throw out old what had been established as canon. Right? One of my favorite Star Wars books is the Ahsoka book by E.K. Johnston. And, you know, that talks about Ahsoka's history. It talks about how she captured Maul, talks about her exile, and how she got basically built two new lightsabers. Well, what we end up seeing in a couple of different places within, I mean, the last four episodes of of the Clone Wars, of season seven, gives a different story of how she captured Maul. Um, there's a Tales of the Jedi episode that tells a different story of her in hiding and um, how she gets becomes Fulcrum and starts working with the Rebellion, then what happens in the Ahsoka book. So I said Filoni's not afraid to throw all of that out. And he did. <laughs> so it could very well be that the Battle of Jakku, which they don't show the battle, they show the aftermath of the battle in um, The Force Awakens, right? That's all the the litter that, um, that Rey is pillaging to get her portion of Instabread or whatever that she's got going on, right? As she uh, uh, takes care, takes her speeder across the desert and you see a crash Star Destroyer and wreckage of X-Wings it's from the Battle of Jakku. So, yeah, it's interesting. We also did find out, and actually this came out of the discussion with Hera, we did get confirmation that this story happens after Mandalorian Season 3 because they refer to the incident on Mandalore, they know about Moff Gideon and his... Um, his attempted uprising, they, you know, Senator Jerkface over there um, called it an isolated incident, but that was still part of this whole timeline that they're laying out. So, yeah, this is all sort of fitting within that same Mandoverse timeline. Okay, you could watch those series in, in or seasons in release order, Mando 1, Mando 2, Boba Fett, Mando 3, Ahsoka, and we're all on this one linear timeline. So, good to know. <laughs> I had I had uh, proposed at one point that maybe it was, this was set before Book of Boba Fett. It's not. So, okay, good to know. 
so last couple of things. One, I was really glad to see that Sabine brought her howler with her. Um, it was tucked into Ezra's RV, <laughs> which was kind of fun. And yeah, the what's it? The Nodi, I think they said the race was. They're in these pill bottle, pill pill bug shaped. It looks like it's an RV caravan, is what it looks like, and it's kind of fun. Um, and you know, honest, honestly, it was really cool. There's lots of lots of lightsaber fights, blaster fights, chases, escapes, true love, um, you know, all that. Sorry, Princess Bride coming out again, but <laughs> it was, all of that was really fun. And Ezra refusing to take his lightsaber back from Sabine, I think, is meaningful for a couple of reasons. The fact that, no, this is, I gave it to you. This is yours. You may want this. I don't need it. I have the force. And he uses it. <laughs> he does. He goes out. And kicks butt. And you get, it was fun. We got to see classic Ezra trying to fast talk his way out of bad situations. And and this guy, they got to play Ezra. He is nailing the character from, from Rebels. And the same is true for uh, um, the, act, the actor playing Sabine. They are nailing these characters from from Rebels. And I'm loving it. I love Rebels. It's a great show. Highly recommend watching it. So, it'll be interesting. Now, I've heard a couple of people suggest that one of the reasons Ezra declined the lightsaber is that we're going to see him either, one, make a new one for himself, because it turns out Hu Yang trains uh, Jedi to make lightsabers. Now, Ezra had already made two, he, he made a pr previous one, and he made the one that Sabine has. So he's not unfamiliar with the process. He just needs a kyber crystal. It's possible they have one on the ship. It's also possible Thrawn has Kanan Jarrus' lightsaber on his ship. He may also have that portion of the Jedi Temple that had been removed from Lothal, where Ezra had been tempted by... Palpatine. Will any of that matter? Maybe, maybe not. It's possible Thrawn actually doesn't have Kanan's lightsaber, but you know, I, it's pro, it's reasonable to assume that he does. It was offered to him on Lothal, though he was not physically there at the time. He did show up later, and it's possible that somebody brought the lightsaber to him. So, you know, if, if he had it, it wouldn't be that big of a surprise. I wouldn't be overly surprised if he didn't have it either. So, you know. So there's that potential for Ezra. And he's been living for nine years or something without it. So maybe it doesn't matter. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see. Um, oh, I just had a really weird thought. So I think they said Ezra's been gone for nine years as part of the conversations. Ezra disappeared before the, the Galactic Civil War as we see it in the, the original trilogy. Right, that means he disappeared before A, a New Hope 
And that whole story went for three or four years. And we don't actually know how even how far before A New Hope uh, Rebels, the end of Rebels is. So let's say you uh, got the four years of the Galactic Civil War and then maybe five years after. What if they rewrite the history of the Battle of Jakku? Now, the Battle of uh, Jakku, you had the Imperial Commander Ray Sloan, who was said trying to hold the Empire, at least the Empire's Navy, together. And it was her fleet that was defeated at Jakku. Now, what if they rewrite canon a little bit? They could still have Ray Sloan there. But what if she was there at the direction of Thrawn? What if Thrawn was pulling all of this together? And what we see here is um, eventually see the Battle of Jakku coming through Thrawn. It's sort of a far, far-fetched idea. I fully expect it to be wrong. Okay, <laughs> sure, I'll t- I'll take credit if I'm right, but I fully expect to be wrong here. I don't think uh, Filoni is going to mess with canon that much. But that would be a really fascinating uh, take. Is that? the actual end of the empire came about because of the new Republic defeating Thrawn. That would be a really interesting change. And said it's, it's going to throw out so much of existing Canon that I'd be hard pressed to uh, say that Filoni's going to do it. But man, that would be a, that would be a that would be a thing. It would definitely be a thing. All right. Well, I think I've rambled on about this enough. Um, this is talking about Ahsoka Part Seven. It's this has been great. Um, part Eight's out now. It's the last episode in this uh, in this uh, season, at least. Maybe a series, but at least this season. This will be the last episode, and it's out. Now, as you're listening to this, you can go watch it. I'm all excited about it. Um, and, you know, if you come, if you want to talk more about Ahsoka, come join the Discord. Um, we can talk about all this stuff or drop your theories in the comments. What all's going on? I don't know. Again, theories that episode eight is going to be out. We can t- we'll can talk about that again next week. But uh, until then... This has been great, and I hope you have a great week. Be excellent to each other. This is Music Free Static signing off.